Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to Wealth Wednesday, a weekly show hosted by Latinos for the Latino community, where we come in and we talk about trending news, trending topics, and things that are going on in the world and how they relate to you. So on this episode today, we're talking about, number one, we're talking straight business today. We're getting right right into it, straight business, right? Uh, first thing we're talking about is the world first ever AI that can have a full 10 to 40 minute conversation on the phone with you or with whoever you want that AI to have a conversation with. I know it sounds crazy. We're going to dive into it. And we're also going to talk about uh, the generation that's most likely to experience financial hardship. Um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, we got Generation Z, Millennials, X, Boomers. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are of what generation you think is the most likely to experience financial hardship. But before we get into these topics, we got to introduce my guy, Jeremiah. How you doing today, bro? Doing great, man. Thank you for having me once again. Excited about these topics. Let's let's get into it. Yeah, we're going to jump right into it. So the the AI that we were just talking about is called Air AI. And basically, it's the world's first ever AI that you can have a full 10 to 40, 10 to 40 minute long conversation and the conversation sounds like a real human, right? And it's it's crazy because shout out to Jeremiah because we were going to talk about some other things, but he sent me this this website. He's like, yo, you got to check this out. And basically it can, can do the job of an entire full-time agent what, without having to be trained, without having to be managed, without having to be motivated. It just works 24-7, 365. And it can make calls for you, can have conversations for with you. And um, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. But Jeremiah, I want to know what how'd you even come across this thing? And then you were saying like it can change its accent, it can it can sound like different people and whatnot. Talk to us about this. So originally what I saw was it came, I was on Instagram, you know, of course, all of us, right? Strolling, going down, and up pops this. I had heard of Air AI previously, um, and I just some of the things that they were very, very innovative in the things that they were doing. But they said they had this big breakthrough. I didn't know what it was. And then, you know, all of a sudden, maybe a week or so ago, there's this commercial on Instagram that pops mm -hmm. down and it rolls down. It's an ad and it's a phone conversation. But the phone conversation is AI talking to someone over the phone and they called them and then it kind of splits and it and it shows and it's a regular conversation. You would not know it's AI. You you think someone's on the other end of the phone. Then it shows that the capabilities of basically saying that it was uh, they, how do they say it providential. Now what does that mean? That means if I'm calling someone in New York, I'm not. If I'm trying to seem like unassuming or something, they would switch the accent of the AI to yeah. someone from the South, right? Because then you're unassuming. You're just kind of innocent and you're talking to an East Coast person. And so you make them feel you know, superior because you're from the South. Not saying that's mm -hmm. how everybody thinks, but you know that, you know, yeah. somebody from the South, 
you know, that accent, yeah. you're like, oh, right. And so it makes them feel more comfortable. Right. And then if you're talking to someone in Europe, it switched it up and it made it a British accent. And I was like, OK, this is this is wild. Based upon now, this is really weird, too. It played into it. But then they started having a conversation with a male and they and they made sure it was a female talking to the male. Mm. Like just things that you, wow. you know, it's human psyche. And so when I saw that, bro, I was like, yo, Chris, we got to We got to talk about this because this is. This is like revolutionary to business. Um, like you said about being able to have someone that's there all the time, that's able to progress and help your business instead of having set office hours, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're international, if you have a, if you run a global business, then you don't want to have office hours. You want to have something that can continue to work throughout the different time zones. So this is revolutionary, man. I that's why I sent it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think to touch on it a little bit more, like you said, we're Honestly, but we talk when we talk about AI, we always bring up how it can make our life more efficient, right? Yep. And how it's going to continue to grow, evolve, and get better. So if you think about if you are in a sales role or you are a manager and you have sales associates, instead of uh, you, you could even test it out. You can maybe have one sales associate and you can invest into AI where they're going to make hundred calls and the humans gonna make a hundred calls and see which one converts better. Or if you're in a sales position, you can have this AI take over your job for you and you can do more sales calls or you can do something else. You can put your focus somewhere else. But um yeah, I mean it, it it's very interesting. It, it's kind of what I'm curious about is and I didn't get the chance to like log in and play around with it, but are like do they have like different templates? Like, hey, I want the AI to focus on sales or I want the AI to focus or is the whole air AI focus on sales in general? No. So we could focus on um, various different types of industries. Right. And that that template, basically, you build in or you set that template and then it can actually make the calls and it has a basis of knowledge based upon yeah. whatever that template is. So it's multiple industries right i mean it's it's and here's the thing i think that kind of pushes it forward um above a bard which is google and above the chat gpt um is the fact that in those instances you have to be a very you have to be a skilled prompt engineer right which is mm -hmm. inputting the information in to get what you want out i think with this they kind of just kind of simplified it and you pick a template and then based upon the knowledge that they feed into it, right, via Internet or whatever, however they set yeah, it up, yeah. then it just takes care of everything else. Yeah. And it seems like it's one of these AIs that the more you use it, the more it learns and the more it, the more it learns. Yes. Kind of like um, Siri. What they say with Siri is the more you use it, the more it learns, the more it can give you uh, relevant information and accurate information. So it's crazy. I mean. Uh, those of you listening right now, you guys are probably like, yo, I, I don't understand this still, but, or it's crazy to think about crazy to wrap your mind around, but it's where technology is going. Right. And again, just, just picture you logging into a software like air AI prompting it to say, Hey, I want you to make a hundred sales calls today. And essentially what it's going to do, you probably upload your, your contact list or your email list, sure. whatever that is. And it's going to make the calls for you as a real human being voice. 
So crazy. And here's what's man. crazy. Like you said, the more you use it, the more it learns your preferences as well. Also, not, not only is it learning human interaction and the pauses and things that go on, because what's crazy, if you saw the examples, there's pauses and there's context that it goes into the way we speak, right? And so the AI is learning what those momentary pauses means, which indicates doubt, right? And so they, and like you could hear it in the conversation, the AI is like, I totally get if you feel like it's like, and it's crazy. So it's reacting based upon just nuances and things that you wouldn't think someone would get. So look, technology's here and we're not, Chris, I love something that you said. And the fact of it is, is we're never fear mongering. We're simply just, you know, giving you guys the basis of what it is and letting you know where technology is headed. But we're not out here telling you, oh, it's going to kill all the jobs. They're like, no, that's fear mongering. That's not what we're doing. We're saying that technology is here. We spoke about prompt engineering before on the aspect of, you know, AI. On this, I think it's a useful tool that you could use and even teach your salespeople to use it. And what it, what, what it probably does is increase your productivity by like tenfold. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I would say. But what do you, I was going to say, what do you think it's going to take for air AI to hit the masses? Like right now, this seems like it's, it's a diamond in the rough right now. There's probably yeah. some things they're still working on. But what do you think it's going to take for it to hit the masses? Because if this something like this hits the masses and you got sales teams, you got um, entrepreneurs using it. This this could really uh, this could change the whole game up right here. The whole sales game, the sales and customer service rep. What is a big ticket item that people look to sell? Anything that had that's a big ticket subscription or people that want to you know utilize it in a space of scaling their business. I mean, imagine if you had Amazon that started using these, right? Or maybe you, or maybe better said, a large insurance company, right, that has customer service. That people call in 24-7. Imagine them start to use this and they see their production increase by 10%. The adaptation of using AI, not only is that going to bring revenue on the side of the clients, you also have to think about that insurance company is now going to want to own a lot of shares in that company. Mm -hmm. And so they're doubling up on the amount of money that they're making because as the popularity grows, right, then you start to see, uh, you know, more money being revenue being generated on the side of the clients. And then now I'm putting more money to the stock. So as the company grows, we make money as well on that side. So it's, that's what I see. And I see it as an investment opportunity for people that maybe feel like they missed out on NVIDIA, not saying you did, cause there's probably still a run to go with that or have whatever. But if you, you know, when you find companies like this and we speak on them, it's something to do your due diligence and see if it's something that you would like to get in and on. That's what I would say. Well said. 100%. I agree with you. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about air AI. We're going to keep an eye on it. Uh, I definitely want to go in and mess around with it and see, you know, how I can utilize it. Uh, again, AI isn't necessarily here to, to take your job, to take your life away, nothing like that. Think of it more as efficiency. That's how I look at it. Like if I'm using these different tools, it's going to help me be efficient. So that's what I'll say about the AI. Um, any last words about that? Great, great. I love that you sent that over, man, because I love finding little things like this that are not being spoken about. I haven't heard anybody speak about this at all. So I uh, love that you sent this over. Like you said, use it as a tool. Go and do your own research, right? Do you, I always say, we say it all the time here, do your due diligence. Go and look it up and see how you could use it in something that you don't like doing. 
right? There's pieces of all of us in our business and aspects in the businesses that we own or run or we're part of that you don't want to do certain things. Set the AI to do that. Teach it, set a template, let it run it and see what ends up happening. That's what I would say. That's it. Quick, quick question. Is there an AI tool out there? That, or let me say this. Is there an AI tool that is not out there that you would love to see to help you out in your business, your life? Uh, maybe there's something that you don't like doing. You're like, man, where's the AI for this specific? Now, there's a lot of tools out there, but is there, is there one that's not out there just yet in your perspective? Um, there's one that's out there, but it's not. I guess it's not really it hasn't really been advertised, but in the aspect of me in the financial world, there is a quantitative um, analysis AI, but. I would like that to be simpler. So I can't say something that's not out there because they basically got a lot of stuff covered. Yeah. Um, but maybe just um, simplifying that quantitative analysis um, AI on the financial side, because if that was the if that if that could happen, that's a game changer on my side, because that allows us to be able to scale and teach people eat a lot quicker and give them a tool that can be utilized. Mm, interesting. Cool. With that being said, talking about finances um, and things like that, we want to transition a little bit. The generation that's most likely to experience financial hardship, right? Mm. We got to, we came across this article on you, Yahoo Finance, and basically they said, while no one is immune to financial hardship, there's a new research from the firm Edward Jones suggesting that perhaps the millennial generations are most vulnerable to financial hardships, right? Uh, experts said those in generations born between the 80s and mid-90s were most susceptible to financial issues, then Gen Zs, followed by Gen X, and then baby boomers, all right? So before we get into, because I do want to talk about maybe some strategies to help people um, prevent them going through financial hardship, why do you think millennials came out on, on number one? that will experience this or that are more likely to experience financial hardship? I think it's the miseducation. Um, it's the lapse and the change, right? So there was a shift that occurred and not only in information because millennials, I'm a millennial, a part of our generation, right? We were the generation that saw go from analog to digital. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a lot of the knowledge and the preconceived knowledge and the things that worked in the years before for Generation X and the baby boomers, it still worked for part of our generation. And then it totally shifted. Right. You had the information age with the Internet come in and then now it's totally shifted again as we brought AI in. And so I think that. A lot of us hung on to the misinformation and miseducation that we received initially in our younger years when it was still applicable. And so. Gen Z's are only, only known, right, the digital age. They, they've only ever known social media. Like, that's all they've ever known. We knew before that. So we still had a piece of the old that we were kind of taught on, but then we had to transition into the new. And so I think that's what made us susceptible overall, right, is us transitioning into that and wanting to hang on to maybe a little bit some of the older things. Um, and then I also feel that a lot of it is just some of us, it's it's uh, uh, well, ego, mm -hmm. fake knowledge, mm -hmm. right? We think we know a lot more than what we do, I yeah. think. 
No, yeah. 100%. I think, and I love what you said about the Gen Zs because all they know is the digital world, right? So what, what do they see? Wh who do they see as people making careers? They're seeing like YouTubers, they're seeing creative, sure. creative entrepreneurs. And while it's possible to make a career in those fields, it is very difficult. I would say it's a way more difficult it than getting a regular job. No, it um, is. You know, and I came across a, a statistic that said Gen Z's and millennial respondents surveyed said that over 50% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So whether it's like maybe some of these folks have creative jobs or maybe they're trying to be independent contractors and things like that, and they're just getting by, you know, and I think that has to do with what you said uh, with the lack of education as well. And I think maybe another not, maybe not fully utilizing their resources. I agree. Lack of utilizing their resources. And then another big piece of that is the like the actual setup that came from their family. I want you to think about something. Um, the generations previous, there were things that obviously occur in each generation, wars and things like that. Um, but millennials had multiple things. Right. And so I, I, when I was a teenager, I'm just giving the breakdown. In the 90s, things were great. American economy was growing. It was it was wonderful. 2001 happened, 9-11, um, you know, I was in high school. 9-11 happened, totally killed the economy. Uh, things started happening. We saw we were vulnerable as a company, I mean, as a country. And so what ended up happening is, is there's multiple things. Then, you know, you go seven years after that, we're in college or finishing up college and you have the recession hit. So there's multiple factors here and then boom, we're in our 30s, mid 30s, early 30s, and COVID hit. And so, and there's multiple, so there's multiple black swan events that occurred in the millennials' lifetime that didn't occur with Generation X, baby boomers. Yes, they did, right? They were coming out of World War II, but there's multiple things that just weren't occurring back then. And so it's been hard for our generation to get our footing financially because there's multiple things that just keep happening that we have to adjust to not to mention inflation and things that are occurring that haven't been this way in the past 30, 40 years. And so there's multiple, there's a whole lot of factors that go into this, but um, you know, I do see the innovative side of millennials that I think, and I think that's why generation Z have the platform they have to want to be YouTube and be influencer yeah. and these things because millennials created that that you know that innovative side that we're not going to work for a company for 30 40 years we're seeking to be our own bosses and then off of that right off that foundation generation z could grow and and build off of that that's what i'll say no i love that i would also love to see whether the statistic comes out in five ten years how many millennials ended up becoming multi-millionaires compared to baby mm. boomers and gen x and whatnot i would love to see that statistic because although we we can be most likely to experience financial hardship but like you said a lot of us are moving have moved away from like yo i want to stay at this job for 30 40 years yeah. i want to become my own entrepreneur my own boss there'll be more there'll be I, I i can almost guarantee there'll be more millionaires created in our generation i can almost yeah. guarantee that yeah. simply because we took the chance and the risk and usually with high risk is high high reward right and so that that's a that's a piece of it more of us took a risk we were willing to say i want to do it on my own i want to get into the tech industry i want to get into biotech i want to create things that are going to change the world that's a mindset for millennials and you know i i love i i 
I think in the next 10 to 15 years, they'll probably do a documentary about our generation mm-hmm. and how things change and what you dealt with and still the changes. So, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. But that. we are most susceptible, though. I can't deny that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like high risk, high reward. I guess that's what it is. Um. So let's let's dive into real quickly how people can prepare, right? So in the article, it basically spoke about people that have a financial advisor off top, or they feel more confident financially, right? It says that nearly ninety percent of people that have a financial advisor feel more financially resilient while only 32 percent of people that don't have a financial advisor feel financially resilient so um talk to us man what what are some ways that we can prepare um ourselves for financial hardships and look no one has said it if we're in a a a recession or not people have been saying we are in one they don't want to come out and say that we're in one but how what are some ways that we can um, continue to educate ourselves and not be in a position where we're going to experience financial hardship. The number one thing is research and doing due diligence, right? Over finances itself. Um, and I say that because in so many cases, the majority of us, we don't like to read. Um, mm. We really don't want to like do a whole bunch of fact finding and things like that. But I, that's that has to be number one. So number one is doing due diligence over financially related topics. Like you need to know about finances. It's very mm-hmm. important that you know about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two is sitting down. And I say, yes, get an advisor. We talked about this last week. I say, yes, get an advisor. But that advisor should be. um looking right to benefit you or looking to teach you how to properly understand finances that's what i'll say right you shouldn't have to be dependent upon that advisor so if everything in your finances have to do with this person controlling it that's not a good look so the number two thing would be find you an advisor that wants to empower you okay that's the number two thing and finally number three the last thing that i would say is get a credible um, financial news source and stay updated with that. Right. Um, for us, I like Yahoo finance because it's not politically, um, motivated. It doesn't lean right or left. It just reports numbers. It it lets you draw whatever your conclusion is. And so I like Yahoo finance. It's a great CNBC, uh, kind of, you're right. So you got to watch what you right because I know a lot of people, when I say that they'll say, Oh, why watch Fox news? Uh, money or MSNBC or CNBC, right? And so you got to watch which way um, your media entity leans because you're going to get knowledge that's leaned toward that direction. Finances are just finances, right? And so I always tell people, I'm not political. I don't really care either way. I don't like either one of them. I'm, I'm, I talk about finances because that's that's what really determines mostly everything. So that's the three things that I would say to focus on. Love it. And I want to quickly go back to your first one. You said due diligence. You bring it yes. up, you bring it up a lot on the podcast. Yes. What does that specifically look like for Jeremiah? So for me, anytime that I'm gonna do an investment, first and foremost, I don't ever invest in anything um that I'm not interested in. If I'm not interested in something, I won't review it enough. And I, it won't come to mind enough because I have so much going on for me to even review it. So if I'm not interested in it, I'll never put money in anything I'm not interested in because I'll never think about it. And that's money gone to waste, right? 
Um, so due diligence, number one, I'm interested. Number two is I'm going to do thorough research on the CEO of the company that I'm going to be investing in. I need to know what is his stance? What is his track record? Where was he previous to being in this in this position? Was he the CFO at the company? Was he the CTO, CIO? What was he at the company previously or what company was he at previously? What did he do, he or she do at the company before they came to this one, right? And then um, the last part of due diligence that I'm going to look at is I look at the actual trend of the company. When they, when I'm investing, I look at a five-year trend and I look at a 10-year. What has been their growth pattern, right? What like, how was, how was that? How has that growth been progressed or have they have they not grown? Right. Like like where are we at in the actual scheme and what's their plan? Do they have a 10 year plan? Do they have a five year plan. Like, for example, you look at Apple or Microsoft Meta. Right. You see they have a plan like the way things are being laid out. It's very strategic. Right. It's chess being played. With Elon. Not as much, but he's just he he processes information really great and very fast. And yeah. so he makes decisions, maybe sometimes that are very sporadic, but overall he makes very good decisions. Um, but I I and so I just sit and I and that's that's my due diligence. I'm gonna go really deep into it. If it was crypto, I'm gonna do my tokenomics. Right. I'm gonna read the white papers and figure out what they're linked to, what's the utilization of it, what uh you know, what blockchain does it, is it utilizing? What's the gas fees on it? So I'm always simply doing, and maybe that comes from like me being engineering mindset, mm -hmm. but I want to see the components in each piece of what I'm putting my money into. Mm -hmm. So if something happens, I know how to react. I know how to shift, right? Because I know what that's going, what that's going to affect in that, um, that investment. Love it. Well said. I'm going to clip that up and put it on social media. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going to answer that so well. And the reason why I wanted to ask you that is because, like you said, we bring it up a lot on the podcast and um, people may not understand what doing their due diligence looks like or what that even means. They may just think like, yo, me going on Instagram scrolling and so-and-so no. said to invest in this and that's my due diligence, <laughs> you know, no. but you said it beautifully when you said like, yo, with your engineering background, you want to know what each piece, what it what it means, what it's how is it performing, what's the function of that piece, and when you put it together, uh, what is it supposed to look like, right? Or what is it projected to look like, right? So yeah. I love how you think about that and your thought process. And I'll be honest, day. you give me, uh, Chris, and I'll give you your flowers, bro. You always give me a different perspective to look at it from, um, not only because you're younger, so you see things differently, right? You and I argue about the goats all the time. That's just that's right. But no, but it's good because you give me a different perspective from someone that's like outside of the industry. Sometimes I'm so deep in finances. I, that's just kind of what I do. You give it from a perspective of, hey, bro, this is how it relates like over here. And so it, it's also good to have friends um, and your inner circle of people that give you different perspectives and it'll question your perspective. And they're not just yes men. So mm -hmm. that's a good thing, too. Love it. hundred percent. We can start wrapping up this episode. Um, phenomenal episode. Did you have anything else that you want to add on these articles? Anything else that you want to um, yeah. drop on the folks before we had it here? Number one, with the AI article, guys, do your research. Don't simply believe because the media in a lot of cases outside of us, they're going to they're going to fear monger. And I have to tell you that don't allow people to put you in a state of fear. Mm -hmm. Okay. We created AI. We can control it. 
we can shut it down if we so chose. So humans still have the ultimate power. Don't let people put you in a mind state of confusion and being scared and scarcity mindset. Don't don't do that. Like you have the power. Just go research, learn more about AI, learn how it can be used as a tool and empower with your with you, your family, your business. Do that. Um, and then when it comes to being prepared about your finances, go and have a conversation. Don't let your ego put you in, in a position mm -hmm. to where, um, you know, you're at a at a place to where you're you're in danger of mm -hmm. not having the finances necessary to live out your life and create the goals and do what it is that you want to do. So don't let ego stop you. Go and have a conversation. That's it. Hundred percent. Love that. Kill, kill the ego. With that being said, it's the Latin Wells family. If you guys can share this episode with three other people that needs to hear this conversation, do us a favor. We come on here consistently since we started doing this. We have not missed a Monday. Whether somebody's sick, tired, traveling. We make it happen. <laughs> we make this episode happen. So if you guys can do us a favor by just simply sharing it, but with three other Latinos that need to hear this platform, that would mean the world to us. And with that being said, it's a lot of family. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.